0: Hey everyone, welcome back to New Goggles, chapter 5, decisions decisions. The purpose of this lesson is to really give you a biblical methodology or overview of uh how to make godly decisions because if we're going to live right in the real world, well, we have to make some decisions along the way and sometimes we make good decisions and sometimes we make bad decisions. But Is there a way that we can really start to measure that and to direct ourselves properly? Because if we want to deprogram from what Pharaoh has taught us, which has been, you know, everything, we believe things that are completely untrue just because they've been passed along. And some of these things have been passed along for generations. And by the way, it's biblical to pass along wisdom for generations, wealth for generations god is a generational god however some of the lies of this world have just been passed along and we just have repeated them you know um someone sneezes we say bless you when you look up the roots of that you know really that doesn't have a lot to do with god um but yet we still do it. And I still do it, by the way. I want to let you know that there's some habits and there's some things that have been built into our lives that we just have to methodically start to get rid of. So this lesson is going to be an overview to uh, help deprogram and help to reprogram a biblical way of making decisions. And, you know, just before I get going, so I'm reading from as I said, I've got about 20 years of notes uh, on this stuff that this is compiled from. And uh, these particular teachings that I'm giving away on YouTube are compiled from one set of notes. And um, these notes in particular uh, were just really a consolidation of kind of the main points. And uh, it's forming the, you know, the structure of, for the book that's to follow and the detailed course that's going to come out. And, uh, I want to let you know that there is so much more to this teaching and there will be more, uh, as I move forward. And I just want to, you know, kind of show you here, you know, that I've got, you know, this notebook, um, that actually the, so this notebook was given to me in 2019 by a, uh, someone I really looked up, looked up to. And, uh, one of my mentors, uh, not necessarily a godly man, a good man, uh, most would say, uh, you know, a good family man, everything else, uh, not exactly sure where he's at spiritually, kind of maybe a little bit more uh, into the new age sort of thing, uh, but yet, yeah, really good man, very wise, very skilled in business, and, you know, he gave me this, uh, this notebook as a gift, and because of who he is and and it was really special to me i went back and went started going through all my notes and started compiling them into this book here and as i said this uh you know this is not a uh, a book that's based you know it's just a notebook that was given to me but you know as i'm talking about decisions and stuff like that i just couldn't help but notice the cover of this book and what it says and you know, these are kind of just regular life lessons. They're somewhat biblical, actually, but I thought it'd be worthwhile just to read the cover of this book because it just has some sayings on it that I think you'll appreciate. And it really lends to the decision-making process, but then we're going to get into the biblical part after this. Uh, But it just says, be bold, take risks, live life freely, lead by example, trust your gut, say what you feel, mean what you say, express gratitude, believe in your power, exceed your expectations, dance the night away, skip down the street, don't take no for an answer, be your best self, don't look back. So, you know, there's a couple of the ones that are, pretty questionable here but i really love how it starts off be bold and take risks and as we get into this particular teaching oh i shouldn't have put that away um we're going to be talking about risk and we're going to be talking about success i had mentioned a couple chapters ago that uh we'll be revisiting success and you know the world gives uh some definitions of it, and uh, I'm going to give some different definitions. In fact, I'm just going to read from these notes here. Success is measured by honoring God and serving people in the capacity that God has directed or declared. Now, those are those are just my notes. That's not a scripture. Um, Not to say that my notes sound like scripture, but I just want to say that that's that's what I derived from these studies. And that is a new meaning of success in my life. Perhaps you'll adopt it into yours. I'll read it one more time. And, uh, And if you're, by the way, you really should be taking notes on these things, because if you do the work, your life will change. You will be a lot more Uh, deprogrammed. You're going to be on a fast track for it, and we're going to uh, reprogram with the Word of God and live our life the way He intended us to. So, success is measured by honoring God and serving people in the capacity that God has directed and declared. And then, actually, I'm just going to carry on. Uh, I put a question to myself. Am I loving people? And (laughs) it's a big question mark beside that. I'm just being honest with you. So the world says success is fulfilling goals. And, you know, we are supposed to make a list every day. And by the way, these things are good to do. Uh, It's good to be organized. It's good to make lists. It's good to have goals. But what if the goal is not of God? We talked last time about making a business plan and bringing it before God. You know, you can do that with the simple things in life. And, uh, you know, listen... (laughs) Now that I'm kind of on social media, doing this podcast and everything, I make a lot of my decisions in public and I'm subject to public scrutiny when you do things in public. And, you know, recently I did a video that was very controversial and I knew it would be before I released it. I knew that there would be some benefit to it and I knew that there'd be consequences But I had to ask, was this in God's will? And it was a risk. We'll see where it ends up. It could end up very, very good. In fact, I might have set up a certain person for incredible success, or I might have been used to set up someone for incredible success. But, you know, it could also have really backfired on me. But I'm willing to take that risk. And I want you to understand as I go through this teaching that, uh, at least according to my research, that I made that decision biblically. And, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's worth taking risks and being bold sometimes. Again, does it align with God's word? That is kind of the big scrutiny. Um, in fact, let me just, I'm just going to continue on. So this, you're getting a sneak peek into some of the notes that will be put into the course uh, as I come out with it later. Faith is a form of risk. Faith must become a lifestyle and not an act. So what is faith? What does faith mean to you? And are we holding truth against ourselves as a measuring stick? Does it lead us me into repentance does it lead us into partnering partnering with the holy spirit to actually live out that change life is full of decisions we make decisions every single day some seem unconsequential and they could later turn out to have huge consequences So what are the steps and what are the things that we need to do? And one of the challenges that the world puts before us, and I want you to really contrast these two words. The world likes to reason things. And even Jesus said, come, let us reason. So reasoning is good. But reasoning in the world is not always going to be in aligned with God's word. Remember, and I just keep repeating this, the mind justifies the desires of your heart. And the desires in your heart, listen, we're we're all sinners. And, you know, this flesh suit that we hold on, that we are in, is probably our greatest adversary. It's probably a greater adversary than fallen angels because of our fallen nature. And we seek pleasure. We seek different things. And um, and we can get caught up in the moment. We can got, get caught up in emotion. And emotion isn't always good, <laughs> Uh, emotion is good to have obviously, but emotion can lead us astray. And, you know, even as I'm just saying this, I, I have a sign on my wall that I'm basically staring at. It's a, and it's a picture of a stop sign and on the stop sign, it has the word fear and simply the picture says it has a graphic underneath it, fear is an emotion not a stop sign. So how do we embrace our faith to overcome fear and emotion and to sometimes overcome reasoning? You know, if you try to reason with the world and you try to tell them about your faith, many people in this world would say it's unreasonable. The the Bible was rewritten so many times, people will say. And there's this fictional character named Jesus. And, you know, maybe he was real, maybe he wasn't. Uh, but it's unreasonable for people to believe these things. It's unreasonable for people to say that, you know, he was on a boat and he told the wind and the waves to stand still. And they did. You know, it's unreasonable to say that the, you know, The Red Sea was divided uh, because we don't have those evidences in our lives. But I think that's going to change. I really, really do. And I have faith to believe that. So faith is the belief in things yet unseen. And faith is a decision a decision based on somewhat reasonable evidence. And it's a decision based upon a series of circumstances that can lead you to truly believe. But at some point, you must choose, if you're going to walk with God, if you're going to walk as a disciple of Christ, that you choose faith and there's nothing that will get beyond your faith. There's no reasoning. Someone can't talk me out of it. You could have the greatest Muslim scholar who knows both the Bible and the Quran, or a Jewish rabbi who knows the Torah, the Quran, and the, the Bible much better than I do. But he's not going to talk me out of believing the Bible because I've made that choice. I've made that decision. I've chosen to say that the Bible is the word of God. I've searched the evidence. I've prayed and asked God. And thankfully, he actually sends the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And when he does that, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, the word becomes alive to you because the word is alive. And when we read the book, the Bible I I know I'm not the only one who experiences this. Millions and millions of people do. But I feel a washing. It's a spiritual cleansing that comes over me when I read the Bible. So do I know it's real? Yeah, it's a supernatural book. All right. That's enough yapping. Let's get into some of the, uh, the lessons here. So a couple things that uh, the world has told us is that failures are necessary to gain wisdom, but we shouldn't put too much value on failure. Well, I'm going to tell you that that is not biblical. Um, failure is part of our walk and that's why fear is not a stop sign. You, we must not be afraid to fail because some of the greatest lessons are in failing. Now, having said that, and I'll just share a little bit of levity, um, I have always surrounded myself, uh, literally since I was a kid, with really eccentric kind of wild people, and not all of them have the same beliefs I do, uh, never have, and even before uh, Christianity for me, I've always surrounded myself with these people who live on the, the fringe of society. And there's a very specific reason, when now that I look back uh, over the years with some wisdom in this, and it's because one of the core values that I have, and values are a big part of your decision-making process. So this is why I bring this up. But one of the values that I have always held dear is someone is real. And... People who are living life on the outside a little bit, outside of the norms, they're not afraid to be who they are, even though they sound crazy sometimes. And by the way, some of them are bona fide crazy, uh, present company included. Uh, (laughs) In many ways. um, You know, when we make decisions and particularly eccentric and crazy people uh, who I just happen to be attracted to. Um, we don't always make good decisions and sometimes we made them for all the wrong reasons. And, uh, I'm going to encourage you to start making a list of things you will never do again. And, um, boy, this brings up a bunch of funny memories, and uh, this particularly before Christ, um, But, you know, there's this show uh, that uh, became popular on YouTube and these people started making money at it. I think it was called Jackass. And uh, we we were never really like that in the destruction of our own flesh and things like that. That's just stupid. Um, However, uh, I think each one in my general crowd of people in in our 20s uh, had a couple moments where we said hold my beer watch this and most likely it didn't end well and you know thankfully it was before youtube and social media uh because there would be some crazy videos out there um but there's a list of things uh to never do again uh definitely and you know one of them i I think i've even told the story uh on the show before or at least I've told it to some of the people who were involved in the show. But back when I was a musician, I decided to do somewhat of a Hendrix tribute. And, you know, Hendrix used to uh, light his guitar guitar on fire. And I thought I would up the game a little bit because you can't just do exactly what Hendrix did. You know, you got to kind of take it to the next level. So I bought a cheap guitar, 20 bucks, and uh, poured some, lighter fluid on it, you know, just in the middle. So my hand was going to be on one end and my strumming hand is going to be down here in the middle, be on fire. And I'm playing it you know, visually. I thought it would look spectacular. Of course, I only had the one dollars guitar, so I didn't get to try it uh, on my own before being in front of people. But I guess the person who owned it before me had polished it with like, you know, some kind of furniture wax or something. And the whole thing lit up. And, uh, I, I What was planned to be a great little stunt uh, really did not reflect well on me at all. Um, My chest hair caught on fire like it it was bad. Um, Anyways, uh, hold my beer, watch this. That's one of those things uh, that just was not thought out and it was not, uh, not good. So, you know... One of the things in life that we have to be prepared for as Christians is how do we grow from our failures? How do we learn from them? And how do we help other people in their failures? And you have to understand, we really do sometimes need to watch people fail. I can think of so many times, you know, someone who's never been in business and, you know, I've done some consulting and stuff like that and they have this crazy idea. In fact, if you, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, the the date is the 14th of July. There's a crazy business idea uh, that was brought yesterday and it just seems crazy. me but sometimes you have to let people fail and it's easy to pick apart but people are so filled with their own emotion and the desires of their heart that their mind can justify and reason it to being a good thing and look I could be proved wrong but you have to let people do things because Sometimes, you know, we we tend to want to chime in with unsolicited advice. But I'm just going to quote here uh, from my notes again. So, unbiblical compassion can actually further damage and imprison people in unrepented errors or lifestyles. And again, I'm not going to read every scripture to you, but uh, I want you to do the work. And in this case, uh, for that statement, I would say look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10. But we have to let people fail, not in all cases. Sometimes we need to warn people depending on what it is. And this is part of the decision making process. Does, is there an example in scripture and does it hold up to scripture? And you have to be careful with that even in itself, because you could take one particular scripture and make it look a thousand ways. In fact, um, it's just like a, you know, An editor of a movie, you know, you could make the content look in whichever way you want the content to be presented. Or documentaries, they present tons of information, but they want, they can make it look the way they want it to look. And so you have to look at scripture as a whole, and this is why we have to be deep-rooted in scripture and actually have it ingrained in our heart. It's more important to know who God is and have fellowship with him and walk with him every day Than it is to have memorized scripture, just to know who he is and what he is doing and what are his processes. And remember that failure in your own life, sometimes God lets you get into those situations. In fact, sometimes God desires that you get into those situations so you can learn and maybe you can help a multiple of people because of your, you know, bad decision. So, what is our true life to look like? And how are our decisions mirrored in that to others? Because listen, we are, we're called to be fishers of men. We're called to disciple people. This is really our number one thing. God wants you to serve the kingdom and God wants more people in his kingdom. He doesn't want anyone to perish. So faith is a witness, And it should first really display our love for God and our love for, you know, our fellow citizens on this earth, even if they're bad. Scripture says, pray for your enemies. Um, It's also important that we have... Character, and you know, there the world has lots of sayings, you know, trust takes years to build up, and one mistake can destroy that trust. That's very, very true, uh, in many cases. But our character is something that we really need to nurture and defend. And I and I want to be real truthful with you, folks. Um and anyone who's met me I literally am the same guy you know that you see on this podcast and out in regular life I'm the same guy I'm not an overly religious person with my non-saved friends but I'll always bring up different biblical examples about you know how things are doing I just live live life out loud you know um Will I go out with the boys and have beers? Yeah. You know, do I love to have a beer and barbecue? Yes. But I'm the same guy. I don't become a guy who's going to, you know, uh, if if friends were going to a strip bar, for instance, I would not go. They know I would not go. They wouldn't even ask. I wouldn't even be invited because they know that there's certain things that I'm just not going to do. Also, um, and I love this, do we display the fruits of the Holy Spirit? And this is an easy one. Most of you have the scripture memorized, but uh, Galatians 5, 22 through 26. You know, peace, joy, love, self-control, patience which means suffering, (laughs) Um, because we are going to suffer from time to time. And can we do it with joy? Have you ever thought about that? Because patience really does mean long-suffering. Can you do it with joy? Well, I can only give you from my personal experience. I actually prayed for patience because I was a very impatient person. And I advise you not to pray for that. Because after two years of not being joyful and long-suffering, I literally had one of those moments, like an aha moment, and I went down on my knees and I said, Thank you, Lord. You've taught me. Now I understand. The joy returned instantly. So, you know, the fruits in our life, and how we display them in our character? And do people know you love God? And by the way, because we're called to be fishers of men, if you're talking to a non-Christian, do not beat them up with this stuff. Just let God shine through you. You know, sometimes people want to challenge me Uh, if I've witnessed to them in the past and they want to challenge me to a debate and they want me to prove God. And, you know, listen, I I can be an apologist for the Bible. There's no doubt about it. I can, I can hold up a debate, but that isn't really the intent of what they want to do. That what they want to do is they want to beat me in a debate and, you know, satisfy their desire because the mind justifies the desires of the heart. So, Their decision is to challenge me. And, you know, one of the simplest ways I witness to people when they do that, when they come up, and everyone has this, is I just say, ask God. He can speak for himself. He'll answer you. So I display my faith. And I let them know that God is real and that God actually wants to speak to you. And then I just tell him, but you you know, you can't go to him thinking you're going to prove him wrong. You have to go to him with a sincere heart saying, if you're real, would you let me know? Knock in the door shall be answered. So if our faith is to be displayed in our character then we really need to have the point of view of a couple things first of all that our character and and even what we do for a living you know even me doing this podcasting now it, it's it's a form of worship Because your daily walk, or even if you work in an office, you know, work is a holy and everlasting calling. God is working to this day. And I know I've been saying this for a long time on the podcast. But did you know that your work, and even if you're working with a bunch of heathen, your work is worship to God? So if you're worshiping God, we want to make sure our character is right in this. And, uh, you know, I'll just point out that uh, scripture from Galatians, but also um, 1 Corinthians, read chapter 12. Uh, You can almost always go find what you want in Romans. And uh, in this case, Romans 14 verse 17 and uh also i'm going to mention a, another full chapter uh because this is a really important so i i don't want to just give you only individual scriptures as i said you can make it look any way you want but when you read it in context so uh in the new testament for context uh first corinthians 12 the entire chapter and also uh from the old testament 2 Kings chapter 4. Read those and you will be blessed. You will be blessed. In fact, I prayed right before I started recording this that you would be blessed by it, and I believe in faith that you will be. All right, let's continue on. So one of the foundations in our biblical walk and in our biblical decision-making process has to be relationships. God is a relational God. God is the opposite of what the world teaches. The world teaches religion. Religion is man's attempt to reach God, Tower of Babel. God would not have it. God confused the languages and limited life to on this planet to 120 years. That's how much God does not like religion. Um, God is a relationship God. You know, a born-again Christian who is truly walking and spirit-filled will always say that I have a relationship with Jesus and that Jesus came to me. Sure, I might have chosen him. I might have made that decision based on things that God let me walk through. My successes and my failures in life brought me to want to seek and to value what God values and value the things that God teaches. And by faith, I've chosen to start along that journey to walk as Jesus did. You know, uh whoever came up with that marketing concept what would Jesus do? Uh was such a brilliant uh thing and you know I hope that person made a lot of money I'm sure they did WWJD but it's a good way to examine things and particularly when we look at them based on relationship. And Even when we look in the Bible and God's relationship with all of these different biblical characters, you know, and you look at how flawed these guys were. You know, uh, some of them were murderers, adulterers, liars. Look at just the disciples themselves getting jealous of each other. All these different things and human emotions that they went through. But God is relational and God doesn't give up on those people. And God got them to get together as well and he really did teach them to love upon each other. Despite we always have differences, we have jealousies, they're natural in this fallen world. They're unnatural in God's kingdom. So, The more we align ourselves with God's word and our decision-making, the more we're going to be aligned with his kingdom. And it's our relationships with others that are key in that, because if we want to be fishers of men, we have to have relationships. And we don't want to tarnish those relationships with what we think is good all the time. Sometimes we really just need to have faith in God that he can do these things. And we are just there to love upon that person. So, um, okay, (laughs) we're going to get some good stuff here. So from the human perspective, faith is a risk, which builds our discernment and our trust in God. So Genesis 12, verse 3, and I'm going to suggest a third chapter, boy, you're working this week, uh, Hebrews 11. And so our faith really has to become a lifestyle. And by the way, there's no other way in this world to really live a life of joy other than to live a life of faith. If you think money will buy you happiness, then why does 80% of lottery winners end up having their life ruined after two years? All their relationships are gone. They don't trust anyone. Oh, they're just calling me for money. Or how about those rock stars who live those excessive lives? You know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, self-gratification, do what thou wilt, is what they say. And they become miserable. People who, according to the world, have everything. Fame, they're idolized. Boy, who wouldn't want that in the world? But God says it's a curse. But God's relationships with those look at look at David. David was someone who God loved. God said it himself. He loved David. An adulterer, a murderer you know also obviously had some great qualities uh, and overall his character was was quite good he made some really bad decisions but god let him make those decisions did he become wise after it have you read the psalms of david yeah So, what is faith in our lifestyle and in our character? Well, it's really living in communion with God and obedience to God. You know, religion puts emphasis on communion and you know, it becomes a ceremony, you know, once a month we'll have communion. And I know I've said this before, but to me, communion, you know, God said, do this in remembrance of me. And if we eat several times a day, um, I think, you know, most people on average would say probably three times a day. But if you eat and drink and do it in remembrance of God and his provision in your life, that's a great step in walking with God, because you're communing with Him often. And how can you have communion with Him, you know, in the morning, and then, you know, go and do things rotten in the evening? It just, it, not if you're walking in communion with Him. And, you know, part of the real deprogramming of this course, and and what I'm, hopefully God is using me to teach you, is we want to get to that place where we're continuously praying. And, you know, when Paul says, pray without ceasing, it doesn't mean you can be on your knees the entire time. Well, maybe you're called to that. I'm not I, I'm not going to judge, but I'd say most people don't. But if we can really include God in our walk and have our walk in faith and have that relationship with him and have that communion with him, and the obedience really starts to come uh, quite easily with them. Will there still be disobedience in your life? I hope so. Not that I hope you'll sin, <laughs> but I hope you don't think you're perfect, because as long as you're wearing this flesh suit, you won't be. But as we get closer to God, we just sin less. My life is a testimony to that. As Paul said, I was the chief of sinners, and uh, I certainly was. So, in saying that, faith really is not, well, the world says a leap of faith. You gotta take a leap of faith. But really, it's a carefully chosen direction based on clearly observed spiritual laws and principles and trust in the God who established them. And by the way, I want to say that that was a direct quote from uh, Dennis Peacock that I wrote down, direct quote, because the guy's brilliant. So Jesus says he is the way. So faith is a way because we are to call have faith in Jesus. So to follow the way, we need to have faith. And so it's always a process and it always takes time. So don't beat yourself up because you have certain things in your life that you are not ready to give up. When God tells you to give it up, you'll know it's time. And God will tell you. If it's a hindrance to you, if it's a hindrance to those around you, God will tell you, not now, my son or my daughter. Now it's time to give it up. And you'll hear his voice more clearly because you're walking in communion with him. Have you ever been in a grocery store and just said, you know, God, should I buy that? Is this good for me? Um, And by the way, a spoiler alert, if you're standing in front of a box of Twinkies, he's probably going to say, no, you should not buy that. No, it is not good for you. and when we do that we discover and and you actually have verification you'll have almost instant verification if you're walking and talking with god in almost any situation and i use twinkies you know facetiously because it's an obvious point but you really will get an instant answer on things like that and from a biblical point of view like you know should I eat poison? <laughs> no. no. Um, and yeah, uh, by the way, if the, if the makers of that are hearing this broadcast of that particular product, um, yeah, it, you can take me to court. We're saying your product is bad and I'll just point out the ingredients and I'll be proven right. <laughs> so when we're in the process of decisions, Sometimes you don't want to think about things too much. Sometimes you just want to trust your gut because your gut usually is that God voice inside of you. But we can always try to look at what will the results be. If I do this, is it going to hurt this person? Is it going to have any rollover effect? And I've just had to go through this on a very serious level, folks, and You know, sometimes you have to give people the opportunity for repentance. So the thing is, is how do we make adjustments, corrections, bring in repentance? How can we really continue to go forward in the face of obstacles And how can we do it with humility and gratitude before God? That's really the question. And again, you know, um, depending on when you're watching this video, I'm not going to name the particular video because I'm actually hoping to take it down. But I had to really pray and I had to calculate risks. I knew that relationships would be affected. I knew uh, that it was a very public thing to do. But I had to measure the things and I had to pray to God. I prayed for a week on it. I really spent time alone with the Lord in it. I actually sought counsel and how to do things. And I'll just be completely honest with you. the, The day that I posted it, my stomach was killing me because I was so upset because I I don't want to do harm. And I know I did harm. But can the greater good come out of it? Can someone's eternal life be turned around? These are the risks that had to be assessed and even how to do it i had to assess those things if i had just made a phone call and someone said oh man you're right yeah yeah i repent i turn away yeah 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 it's all good it's all good yeah no that was months ago then i just stop and there really isn't a vehicle for proper repentance look every situation is different folks but decisions decisions is there a biblical precedent are we walking in faith are we hearing from god are we accessing the risk so oh give me one second my computer is about to die So to live that life of faith, there really is, and to make those good decisions, and by the way, sometimes God lets you make bad decisions, and sometimes it's his will in your life to make those bad decisions. Now, um, those decisions, if you know that they're bad decisions, then that's not God's will. I want to let you know that. Uh, God just sometimes will let you do stupid stuff. But if you know that it's a bad decision, it's not God's will. Be clear on that. So what is, if there's a key to sum up this stuff, what would it be? In a life of faith, we need to work it. If you're an athlete, if you're a writer, if you're, no matter what you do as a vocation, you need to work at it and you need to work it out and you need to constantly work on those muscles and That really is the secret to this. Have that conversation with God all day long. And you will train and have communion with them. You know, God said, when you eat and when you drink, do this in remembrance of me. That's a great start. And when you start to walk in that remembrance, your obedience becomes more and more, your decision-making will become more biblical. Walk with him, talk with him, because he wants to. He says, take my yoke. He wants to be with you. So I guess just uh, in in conclusion, I'm going to go over just a couple key points here. Um, Again, the mind will justify the desires of the heart. And in your mind, you can reason just about anything. And if you're having to reason it, then that's an idol. It's a false god. What would Jesus do? So, reasoning is not a bad thing. But if you're using reasoning to justify it's most not likely of God. If you'll remember me saying, um, justification can only come by God. And we need to work it out through the scriptures. Sometimes folks on big decisions, we need to work it out through the scriptures. Um, And God didn't leave us unprepared. He addressed just about everything in life. You know, on a macro sense... Every situation he's dealt with it all in the Bible, just don't look for your little micro situation, look for the macro in the Bible, and you'll find it. And you know, do the majority of the scriptures line up against it? Because again, anyone can pull out one particular scripture and then try to drive you in a particular direction that might not be good biblical counseling, so you have to look at it on a bigger, bigger scale um <laughs> you know there's uh these new age people talk about ascended masters the super wise ones and that really is a fallen perspective on so many levels. The new age spiritualism and looking to a life of ascension instead of just having a spiritual life. Because there is a difference. Um, Having a spiritual or a spirit-led, a Holy Spirit-led life is not an ascension. It is trans a transformation into a new creature. That's not ascension. It's a transformation. So, when we are born again, we are transformed from man into God-man. Because sin cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So when Adam fell, all no one could keep all those laws in the Old Testament. The laws were there to expose sin because it's God's laws were saying, this is right, this is wrong. Here it is. You want to know? Here it is. But man could never achieve it on his own. Relationship is the only way. God came to me. Man tried to build a Tower of Babel, trying to reach God, tried to ascend. Religion, it doesn't work. It's only when God comes to you. So we don't want to live in this global consciousness. Although there's truth to all this stuff that they're saying. You can't sell a lie without putting truth in it, folks. But to have a Holy Spirit-led life, Is the one that will define your character. And uh, let me just give you a couple more scriptures as if I didn't give you enough today. Um, but you'll really be blessed by this. Look in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 looking Leviticus yeah you know I'm going back to the laws (laughs) uh 19 verse 18 and also also uh Matthew uh, chapter 22 verse 37 and when it comes to our decisions it really they're successful decisions and sometimes it causes failure remember that And sometimes failure is purposed by God. But your success in your decisions is measured by honoring God. And here's a line that I want you to really, really remember. Serving all men and women as God declares... He wants them served. Oh, I'm, I know you're thinking that gives me an out. That gives me religious freedom. No, if you're communing with God, if you're walking with him, you will know. But God declares you're going to serve some people differently than you're going to serve others. And you want to honor God and for him to fulfill his purpose not only in your relationships but in your life anyways i hope you enjoyed uh this chapter of new goggles please do hit the like it really does help I'm trying to work on the algorithms a little bit with uh with youtube now that we're just doing ministry stuff um on here so if you do hit the like and don't be lazy remember god does not like laziness you're too lazy to hit a thumbs up you're not honoring god (laughs) anyways god bless each and every one of you and uh i'll see you in a week